Welcome to Leave Your Mark, where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page at Scott G. Livingston. My goal is to create a community of people who take every opportunity to live high-performing lives. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Reconditioning has gone completely virtual. We've taken both our Level 1 and Level 2 courses and loaded them onto an online platform so that you can digest the power of this amazing operating system from the comfort of your home. We combine this recorded video experience with live Zoom labs to bring all the principles and practices of reconditioning to life through applied case study. In turn, you walk away with how to best use this language of common practice to bring the worlds of therapy and performance together in one powerful approach that creates lasting change in your client's performance. This fall, ReconditioningHQ.com is launching a complete experience package that brings all of the video teachings together with a powerful mentorship program and a weekly community touchpoint so you can grow as the reconditioning revolution grows. We are truly excited about the possibilities. We believe that success in any venture begins with the right mindset. We know that the statistics for burnout in human performance are significant and that many of our colleagues face questions every day about personal fulfillment and living their best life. This is why we've started a landmark program for human performance professionals called Empower You. This program is all about crafting your best life, living purposefully and enjoying the fruits of your impassioned labor. We start our next quarter in September and we'd love to have you along for the ride. For more information about reconditioning courses or our amazing Empower You program, head over to ReconditioningHQ.com and use the coupon code LYM50 for $50 Canadian off the program of your choice. Understatement alert, for sports performance coaches and proactive healthcare professionals, the last six months have been very challenging. We are now seeing the permanent changes in our profession, how our services are delivered, are affected, and we must adapt. Providing safe and effective health and fitness coaching has never been more needed, yet never been more uncertain. Matrix Fitness Canada wants to help you in your journey. Matrix Fitness is a premier brand of fitness equipment designed for organizations, professionals, and exercisers alike. If you are refreshing your facility, they can help. If you are in need of setting up clients with their home gym space, they can help. The Matrix Fitness Canada Ambassador Program is designed to help you expand the reach of your services. This program supports your expertise in supporting home gym design so your clients can have what they need to continue to subscribe to your services. The best part? You can insert yourself into the economic equation as a Matrix Fitness Canada Ambassador. For more information on requirements to qualify and the details around their services, please connect with Nikki.Turner at jhtcanada.com. Welcome to our newest Leave Your Mark sponsor, Rep Performance. Rep Performance is a web application founded by NHLers Nick Foligno and his strength and conditioning coach, Callan McGibbon. Understanding the importance of the developmental stages and their impact on long-term athlete development, they launched an online performance for coaches, trainers, or teachers that would instill a foundation of fitness, share their story, and help them ensure no athlete slips through the cracks and they are equipped to succeed in sport and life. Visit them at repperformanceapp.com. Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark. Today I have the unique opportunity to chat with Callan McGibbon and Nick Foligno together. Nick is currently in his 14th season in the NHL as the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets hockey team. Callan has been Nick's strength and conditioning coach throughout his career. The opportunity to chat with both of them and learn about their personal stories together and apart is something I'm excited to do today. Let's just say Callan has been a busy man these past 20 years, building a career in strength and conditioning, supporting many young athletes in his hometown of Sudbury, including the Laurentian Varsity Athletics Department. He's built several businesses during that time. And most recently, he and Nick have teamed up to build an online software application that helps coaches and teachers with testing and training their students and athletes called Rep Performance. More than their professional accomplishments, both guys are husbands and fathers of multiple kids, and I'm honored to have them here with me today. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the intro. Thanks well, thanks, much, uh, thanks for taking the time, guys. Um, uh, you know, this relationship was brought to my attention by Callan and 
Um, quite honestly, I'd never met Callan, um, and he reached out to me a while ago just to sort of talk about some things he was doing and obviously has a, a great story about the things he's done as a, in his career. And certainly, Nick, you come from a hockey family and a hockey life and have obviously accomplished a lot in your career. Um, I'm going to go to Callan first, and maybe you can tell me the story of you know, how you actually bumped into Nick and what what that really sort of precipitated in your relationship together? Well, it, it started by uh, we had a, my wife and I had opened up a health food store in Sudbury, Ontario, and we were supplying uh, protein bars to the team at the time uh, for road trips. I had managed to get that was uh, a, that was a big deal too. That was a big deal in junior <laughs> hockey. Trust me, <laughs> that was uh, we were one of the top teams. We get a protein bar supply team, so that was good. <laughs> and you didn't have to get extra. Yeah, I'm telling you, Cal was smart. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> uh, Nick reminded me of this because I actually forgot about it because we've been knowing yeah. each other for so long. I I forgot. And then we were supplying protein bars to the team, and then. His dad was the coach, actually, at the time of the Sudbury Wolves, and he asked, you know, would you mind coming in and talking to the the boys about just, you know, just healthy habits? Mm-hmm. And I was honored and super excited to get, you know, chomping at the bit, kind of to get after these kids and share the things that I was passionate about with them. And that was originally kind of where it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing you know, I had said to Mike, you know, I'm doing some training in the summer. It'd be really great to kind of have Nick out and this kind of took off from there. So at that point, Nick, had you done any formal uh, off ice training with anybody or was this going to be sort of your first foray into that? I thought I did until I met <laughs> Cal. So, um, uh, you know, it's funny. It just the, uh, you know, I, I remember my dad and the funny reason why I remember that so well is that it was the first time, uh, my dad was so good about not pushing me too much. You know, I, I'd gone to play for the U S national team. I kind of understood, you know, now that I'm in a, a league where, if this is what I want to do with my life, I better get serious about it. And, uh, so that's why I came to junior hockey and played for the Sudbury wolves. And, um, and I remember that first year, I just, I had the skill, but I realized I just didn't have the strength. You know, even that year with the U S program, I just realized, man, I'm playing against men. You know, these guys are 19, 20, 21 years old. And, um, and my skill just isn't good enough anymore, you know? And, uh, but it was my dad that, that didn't really give me a choice. He said, he's like, this is who you're working out with this summer. And I was like, what, what, who, who is this guy? Like the guy that just came in and talked to me. And, uh, and I could tell Cal right away was really passionate about what he did. Um, I didn't know how crazy and how hard he would be. Uh, I learned that out pretty quickly my first summer, but, uh, but man, what a difference, you know, my, my life took, you know, a trajectory that I never anticipated. And I think I more than doubled my points the next year and just felt like a man amongst boys, even at that age, you know, and it was, uh, it was a lot to thanks to him and just making me realize, well, this is the next level and there's more to go from there. And we were just building a base and, and this is where the whole journey kind of starts. But, um, you know, it was kind of fateful that he, he walked into, you know, supplying us with protein bars to start and then, uh, and becoming my trainer and, and it's been a great relationship ever since. It's like hiking when you leave the Smarties and they follow the Smarties. <laughs> he was leaving the protein bars. Yeah. Callan, when you when you hear something like that from Nick about you know what um, you know that that initial atten- intensity, a sort of wake up call, and you look back at all the different young athletes you've touched over your career, do you recognize that wake up call when you see it in the eyes of the kids? Like they kind of go, "Holy shit, this is different than what I've done before." Or, how has that experience been for you over your career? You know, the, the, the ones that want it are the ones that, you know, come in the next day and don't really talk too much about how they're feeling. They're more interested in how, if they're working out with a friend or a group, like how is everybody else feeling before they start talking about how sore they are. <laughs> they're going to, you know, they're checking to see before they even let anybody know they're sore. Right. <laughs> but you, you see it. It's fun, though, when you see that stuff because you see the ones that are really driven to succeed kind of come up to that level and be like, yeah, I guess I really wasn't pushing myself as hard as I thought I was or needed to at the time because there's obviously appropriate times to push and a time not to push. But in those developmental years, there's 
so much discovery of yourself as an athlete that you really don't understand about yourself. You really don't know what you can or cannot do. I'm yeah. from a, a, an older time frame of training, and you know, as we're moving forward in the strength conditioning world, like uh, theories are coming to the forefront, which are amazing. But in those developmental years, so much of it is just exploration uh, on like what you can or cannot do, and I'm not really sure how the data comes into that. You know, it's up to the kid to just learn themselves and and you have to throw these challenges at them that are big challenges when they're ink walk in and there's an expectation that he wants to play in the NHL. And, mm-hmm. you know, what type of challenges you're going to throw at him? There's this exploration phase where you have to really give him the tools to figure out himself and what he's really capable of and able to do. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. I fall in love with the development stage. It's so much fun. Nick, when you look back at your life growing up, did you, you know, your dad played in an era where there was probably less of that off ice, um, you know, influence it started to come into his probably later elements of his career and stuff. Did you, did you see him working out? Did, did you see what he did and kind of say, I'm going to have to do that? Or was it more, you, you watched him play hockey. How were you influenced to, to recognize that, you know, that was going to be a part of, of what you had to do to play hockey rather than just play? Yeah. uh, I think I was lucky because my dad, I think was one of the first guys to really take his physical fitness seriously. Um, you know, when, when you look back on his career, uh, I think he was always one of the, you know, top shaped guys in this team. And it started when he was younger, he got, uh, you know, and met a guy and, uh, was kind of a guru of hockey and, and off ice training, uh, you know, developed a, a thing called Mitron hockey. Um, and my dad was kind of his Guinea pig, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, it's weird how it works. Um, and, and so you, he, my dad was, I remember him always being in phenomenal shape. He would go for runs when we go down as kids and, uh, always took his fitness, uh, you know, seriously, it was a lot different back then. It was push ups, bench press. I mean, I remember the old Rocky style bench press in the basement that he had, the weights were like, you know, cement almost, they weren't even, you know, <laughs> normal weights that we have now We're pretty spoiled now, or you got grips on things. This was all old school, but you know, he had one in his, in his basement, you know, a gym in his basement. And I saw that and I witnessed that. And, um, you know, and I think it's something that, uh, it's still to me early on how hard this job is, you know, and how much I needed to push. And I, I never really realized it though, like I said, until I met Cal. And I think what was neat about Cal, and this is the reason why I trusted him so much. And he probably doesn't even realize this is that you know, his own story, you know, Cal, Cal's a self-made man, you know? So for me, I think secretly I was probably searching for that as well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, get out of my dad's shadow and, and be my own person. And this was the guy that, that is the epitome of that. You know, he's come from a hard, you know, upbringing, so to speak, kind of on his own, uh, bounced around a few things and finally found his path and, and did it all, you know, with, with, with no fear, you know, of, of what's next or what, you know, and just, and just went for it. And I think that trust that I have, this guy's willing to do that for himself and, go out on a limb and, and try to make me better Then I'm going to do everything I can to, to reciprocate that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's reason why I think we've worked so well together is I think we're both in search of that same thing. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's the reason why success has followed us around. Mm. That's a great way to segue actually Callan into how you found this profession. Cause I, in reading the notes that you sent me, you, you were working in, in the industrial sort of uh, manufacturing trade and there was a terrible accident, I guess that sort of put a, put an end to that uh, where you, you know, witness something. I don't think anybody wants to witness um, and, and ch- decided to go in a different direction. Talk, talk about not the incident, but your, your choice of why you went in another direction and how, how much of a slog that probably was switching gears and going into, you know, this world. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing a, a round in a, a very tragic event in, a, in industrial construction and someone lost their life. And, you know, I, I just asked my boss a couple of weeks later if he could lay me off because uh, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, he said, yeah, sure. And he did. And I had decided I was going to, you know, get these vans and create this, um, first aid CPR company. And I had to become uh, a certified first aid and CPR instructor. And the courses didn't start until like four o'clock at night. So you until people were done from work. So through the day, I didn't have uh, much to do. And I'd always worked out. Uh, I grew up with a single mom and 
fitness was like an important thing. So, um, you know, I'd always worked out. So I just went back to the gym and I just started working out through the day and just hanging out in the gym. And I was just kind of ended up working out in a gym where there's this gentleman, Ian Walling, and he was current at the time. He was the reigning all natural of the universe, Mr. All natural universe. And, uh, he had said, geez, you got such a great personality. You know, you'd be really good at training. And I responded quite quickly, like, well, what is that? And uh, he said, well, I, I teach people you know, how to work out. And I said, oh, I said, well, what do you need to be able to do that? And he said, well, you need a first aid and CPR license. <laughs> and uh, it just, it, honestly, I fell into it. And it, it was just like where I was supposed to be in, in life. And mm-hmm. from that point, I was at a gym where there was actually like 200 meter Olympic gold medalist. Mark McCoy would work out there. Uh uh, Joey Dotmar, uh, Joey Peacock from Dotmar Athletics. Uh, he was the Canadian powerlifting champion of the world. He worked out there. And uh, I just made friends with these guys. And they were all in different verticals of exercise. And at the time, I didn't realize that, you know, it was kind of what strength conditioning was, was taking all these verticals of training and kind of applying the best of all those principles kind of into one stream. It's obviously advanced way past there now, but you know, 20 years ago, that's kind of where it was. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of learning from all of these people that were amazing at their craft, the best in the world. And, uh, you know, I'd work out with Mark McCoy in the morning and he'd teach me tricks on, you know, plyometrics and, you know, uh, hurdles and I'd train for hurdles. And then I would train with Joey, uh, Peacock later in the afternoon. I'd learn all about powerlifting and Olympic lifting. And then I'd trained with Ian at night and we would do bodybuilding routines and I just kept learning all the disciplines and then just kept applying them and applying them and applying them and just, it just exploded. (laughs) When you, when you hear that story, Nick, and I know you guys know each other's stories a little bit, but when you hear him sort of talk about that, what, when you first met Callan, what, what struck you about him other than the fact that he was training you? Like what, what rubbed off on you uh, from, uh, attitude, work ethic, character perspective that you've carried into your career? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ian's a bad judge of character because your personality is just... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Cal. Um, uh, the biggest thing that, that I was drawn to was he was just so driven. You know, you could tell he was going places. And I think one of the signs of a leader is is someone that's going places and, and you're taking people with you. You know, mm-hmm. and I... I, at first, I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, Cal led the way at first. I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and, and it's been an amazing journey to kind of watch him and gr- how he's grown himself. I mean, we started off training out of his car to track at Laurentian university. That's what we did. We met, he drove up from French river. Uh, I met him there and we'd park our cars right outside the track and it would just, we'd go, you know, we'd go for two hours and, um, you know, and I just, uh, I just love that though. I, I was, he was infectious. His personality is infectious. It's, you know, he, he gets you excited to be there because you know, you're getting better. And I loved about him too, is that he is. And I think you can tell just by how he picked those guys brains and probably didn't even realize it, but he's just driven to learn. You know, if he doesn't know something, he has no shame in saying, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to get you the answer. I'm going to get you the right answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so humbling in, in this day and age, you know, to have somebody like that, that doesn't think they know it all. Uh, is always looking to try to get better. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, in my profession, I can never be satisfied with where I'm at. I need to always try and get better. So for me, it just lined up perfectly. And it was a reason why I, you know, we just we gravitated towards each other and became, you know, I started off with a group of guys too. I don't think, I don't think that's been mentioned. I started off, like you said, with a group of athletes and uh, it was a fun, fun group of guys. But I think as my career just got more serious, so did Cal's. And I think we just started to line up that way. And um, and took off. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I'll never forget. Just, you know, you look back and start and hear him and how he talks about things. And, um, you know, it's pretty awesome how we just lined up so perfectly at that time and kind of were made for each other. When you got to the national hockey league, obviously the national hockey league employs people to do this job, et cetera. And how, how did you manage the, or broker the relationship between working with your 
your your trainer Callan back home and what you know you were being introduced in, to in Ottawa and with I think probably Randy Lee was there at the time and stuff yeah. uh, and how you sort of negotiated the professionalism of working in a team environment but also being prepared to do what you had to do and stuff just curious from a player's perspective how how that struck you and how you managed that yeah, you know, it was it was really neat because I think we both Cal and I have probably admit it. We learned a lot as we went through it, you know, and I think the one thing, though, that we never jeopardized was that it was going to be a process. And I couldn't be worried about so much what I was going to be at 19 years old, because if you start trying to cut uh, corners and, and things, I think that's when your career can you start to get injury prone. You can start to, you know, have a shortened career because you're not quite playing to the and understanding your body enough. And so Cal kind of had to sometimes pull back the reins and yeah, you know, early on in your career, I, I remember training camp was a big deal because you had to make an impression on management. So we, mm-hmm. we kind of trained at, at, at certain times for training camps just so that I was noticeable. And then, you know, what was hard though, was that you have a dip because I think any player, especially a young player who's never played in that league and, and those things uh, you have those dips. And then, so as we got you know further along, you started to understand your body more and okay, how can we train? You, you kind of built this base. Now, where can we jump to? And uh, so we, we just went by feel. And I think that was the smartest way we could have done it. Obviously, you know, there's skill and everything involved, but that belief in what we were building, I think I could just see it every year, get better and better. Um, and I think Cal is, is like I said, I think he's a guy that, that understands people. So he knew when to push and, and, you know, with, with, with Randy Lee or, uh, anyone that was my strength coach, he knew when, you know, this is really important for Nick or when to back off and say, you know what, they have the reins right now. They can, they can take on it. Nick's kind of in cruise control right now with, with his physical fitness, but all the while Cal's always kind of been my mental coach too. You know, I always Mm -hmm. went back to him for things, Hey, this isn't right. Or, uh, you know, he's been that guy for me, not just physically, but, but mentally. And I think that's so important to have. I don't think, you know, I talked to a lot of people now with leadership and having been captain here for a few years in Columbus. And, um, you know, the one area we don't coach enough is our mental, our mental side, I think as athletes, uh, I think it's being taught a little bit more now and understood a little bit more now. But, uh, when I came in, especially that wasn't, that wasn't a side that you really taught uh, a ton mm-hmm. on and, Cal was my, my mental coach for a lot of years and still is obviously. And so I'm thankful for that because I think he's always kept me, uh, in line with, with where I needed to be. And, uh, and as a guy that's known me from so young that has an understanding of who I am. And, uh, and I think we really, you know, reflect off each other that way really well. Hmm. Callan, tell me about when you first started working with Nick, what you noticed about him that impressed you about him and, and how that grew over time and what, um, what that say maybe nice, even say what, nice how, things, Kyle. how that's rubbed say off nice on things. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the very first the check thing. is in the mail, as they say, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. $20, that's it. <laughs> yeah, the very first summer he's with a, a really competitive group of, of young OHL players and very good players. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bobby Showmont might even still be playing, isn't it? Is Bob still playing? I think, I think he just retired, just retired, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's really some, good, really good junior player. Yeah, there are some great athletes in there and he was the youngest guy. So, you know, he was, what I liked right away was he was competitive in the group. Like he wanted to be better. Um, but the next summer, what I is really when I kind of fell in love with, uh, him as like a young man, when, uh, his dad and I made an executive decision to put training at 7. AM. And, uh, that's when he separated for school. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> that's when he separated himself from the pack because, I mean, if you don't want it, you're not even going to show up. And he never, ever missed a day. I think actually today, still, Nick's never missed a workout ever, not one no. time. And, uh, you know, it's it's just amazing. I mean, there's been times when he came and there's things going on in their lives and stuff where, you know, maybe we went for a bush run and we talked. <laughs> we didn't really do yeah. the planned workout. But, um you know, it, it's, uh, he just was willing to commit everything to what had to be done in order to get there. And that's motivating for yourself as a coach, because without having a, uh, an athlete like that come into your portfolio, you know, what really drives you, right? Like he drove me to study everything. Like I leverage my position at Laurentian 
fully. Like every time I was between clients, if I didn't have somebody, I was in the lab talking to the lab techs. I was talking to the profs about the research. Like I basically got a decade of knowledge out of that place, uh, you know, you know, in a very, very short time frame because I was there all year round and I was there, you know, from five in the morning until 10 at night. And, you know, I, I pushed myself up as hard as I could possibly push myself to learn everything I needed to know uh, to be able to make sure I could get this kid where he wanted to go. And once that happened, then just more and more kids showed up, right? Like uh, the two of us were just on this trajectory to get to the top and there's, there's nothing going to stop us. Um, so we attracted more and more, you know, athletes and professionals from all different disciplines into our lifestyle, right? Like into our lives, just like magnets. They just kept coming. <laughs> Well, off the back, off the back of that, actually, and I'd like both of yours opinion. I'll start with Nick, and then go to you, Callan. But um, you know, when you look back, and now you look forward to, we're, we're going to get into a little bit of the business that you guys have developed together. But in recognizing what it takes to, well, I'm going to have to parse this question a little bit, Nick. When you when you look at what it took you to become an NHL player, and what some kids don't recognize when they're younger about overreaching too much, like wanting it too much. Like how do you keep the eye on the prize of what you need to do on a day-to-day basis to go through, as you called the process and then overreach to get to the league. So what, what's a mistake that kids sometimes make in thinking that, you know, in overthinking about getting in the NHL and underthinking about what it takes to, to build yourself to have that chance if you follow my question yeah no i do uh, i think you kind of even said it i think the biggest thing is is the process and like anything in life if you are are going to try and skip steps within that that's when the problems start and i think for me i trusted what we were trying to do i asked questions i think sometimes kids don't ask enough questions Mm-hmm. Um, and you can ask Cal that, I mean, I always wanted to know what we were doing and why <laughs> he'll, he'll tell you, it was almost annoying. Um, but it was so I could understand for myself, because I think the biggest thing it's, it's like in life. I mean, uh, you know, whether it's economically or whatever, I think you should always be asking questions. So you understand uh, what a mortgage is, what, what certain things are in life, because you're going to go through that. And for me, this was my livelihood, you know, this was what I wanted to do with my life. So uh, I think kids, sometimes they, they put a blind trust in things. And then when things don't work out, they don't know why mm-hmm. they don't, they, you know, they don't have that understanding where I, I would be able to tell them right now, Hey, this isn't working or, uh, this is amazing. And he, he, we have that communication, that feedback because we trust each other. We built that relationship first. And, um, you know, I think that's so important for kids. Now I see it. I see it with some unbelievable players that come up even now, you know, you can tell, they got there um, purely by just their genetics a lot of times. So they come in the league and, but then they haven't really, they get hurt quickly or they, you know, men- mentally they're not quite where they need to be. And um, you know, and you realize that they just, they, they skip some steps along the way or didn't ask the right questions. And uh, so it's, and it's hard to make up that time. You know, you have to be patient. It's, it's a weird, it's a really, you know, athletics I've learned too. And I, I can't speak for life because I haven't our you know, normal population life, but I haven't experienced that as much, but just, in athletics, especially you have to, uh, there's a, a hurry up and wait almost, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get drafted young, you, you can play in the NHL young, but sometimes those are the, the worst things that can happen for a player, an athlete too, is getting hurried along. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you see the bright lights and you experience that, but I always go back to, uh, even my career, I made the NHL at 19 years old. And looking back, I wonder if I would have been more better served just to have been in the AHL for a year and really honed in on who I was going to be as a player, because you know, now I, I look back and maybe, you know, I, I learned so many different facets of the game that it's made me more of an all around player, mm-hmm. but I think I would have been able to come in and be more of an impact player of who I was supposed to be right away. Whereas mm-hmm. it kind of took me a few years to get along and, and doing that. So it's all these little things that I know I'm probably going off on a tangent, but I, it is really uh, that process that you have to trust and you have to build with somebody that trusts that you trust and trusts you and, uh, and then not skip steps because you think you might've mastered it. They're, they're there for a reason. They're there mm-hmm. to get you there so that when you're there, you stay there you mm-hmm. stay there for a long time. And that's, you know, when you said it, I, I'm, I'm more proud. I think that I'm in the league for 14 years. You know, it's, it's, I remember looking at my dad and as a young kid, you're like, wow, I played 15 years over a thousand games in the NHL. I can do that. <laughs> I had no idea how hard it is and when the work that goes into it. And I'm proud to say that I'm hopefully going to get there. And, and uh, and it just, it makes me feel like the, the process that I've taken that we've taken Cal and I, 
has given me that opportunity and given us that opportunity. And I've learned so much along the way. And I know I'm a better person and player because of it. I was looking at your numbers before we came on. I think you got an 82 game season to, to get yeah. that, I know, get that stick. Huh? Yeah, nice. <laughs> Knock on nice. wood. I just, I just want to beat my dad. So as long as I can get <laughs> over a thousand eight, no, I'm just kidding. So, I don't know if I can get his 700 and something points. I got to try. I got to get a few more years going here. So yeah. Callan, when, um, when you think about, you know, the young developmental athlete, how do you, how do you negotiate and also um, pr- provide counsel to parents, the kids? There, there, there's two different animals there, right? There's the kid and then there's the parents. And the parents often want more for their kids than even the kids want uh, or, or know they want. Um, and you're, you're sort of stuck in this world when you're working with a lot of developmental athletes of trying to move them through that process and not jumping um, jumping steps, but at the same time having sort of a pressure in some sense from all kinds of different people, whether it's teams, coaches, parents, et cetera, for them to, to take a leap or maybe miss a step. How have you managed that in your career in this role? Our sponsor, Rep Performance, is a web application launched by co-founders Nick Foligno and Callan McGibbon. Their platform is designed for teachers and youth sport coaches with pre-designed testing templates and AI-driven workouts geared to individual needs. They aim to provide every coach the ability to develop fitness for life in the athletes of tomorrow, share their story, and help them ensure no athlete slips through the cracks and they are equipped to succeed in sport and life. Visit them at Rep performanceapp.com today. Our sponsor, Matrix Fitness, produces training tools that focus on improving the training experience for athletes and coaches alike. With equipment that focuses on building speed, power, and explosive performance in most efficient manner, Matrix has partnered with some of the top sporting organizations worldwide. COVID has forced us all to rethink how we are offering our services. With that in mind, Matrix Fitness Canada has created an ambassador program designed to help you expand the reach of your services. This program supports your expertise in supporting home gym design so your clients can have what they need to continue to subscribe to your services. The best part? You can insert yourself into the economic equation as a Matrix Fitness Canada ambassador. For more information on requirements to qualify and the details around their services, please connect with Nikki.turner at jhtcanada.com. Well, first and foremost, I'm a, a firm believer in like data metrics and testing. Uh, without evaluations, you can't really even start a conversation with a parent about their, you know, future the rowing Canada daughter uh, if you don't know where she stacks up to the competition. So having, you know, you have to have educated conversations and to get every educated conversations, you have to start with, you know, understanding the fitness level or tolerance or evaluation level of the youth you're talking about. And you need to compare that to a bigger database, mm-hmm. you know, because there's kids that have come in to, you know, our business over the years uh, that were needed to work on hockey, not fitness. They, their parents were wanted them to have like five or six you know, strength sessions a week. And they were, you know, 25, 30% stronger than the strongest kids we had in the database at the time. And, you know, I'm like, well, are they, what's their style of hockey? Like, you know, like, how do they play? You know, like, well, they, they don't have the best skills or, you know what I mean? They kind of do, don't really, don't really think with the puck fast enough. I'm like, well, what are you doing here? Like, why are you here? <laughs> There's no reason to be. And I think young so true. strength coaches, Young strength coaches, you know, it's a tough profession. It's a tough job. It's a lot of hours and a lot of like hours that you work that you don't get paid for. And, you know, you get, you start producing good athletes or you start attracting good athletes. And then that relationship builds and you start getting more athletes coming and you, you know, you start to get more successful and, you know, the, the money side of it can get, I think, make strength coaches make decisions that they shouldn't be making. And I've always been very, very diligent in the fact that, you know, if a kid comes in and they don't need to work out with us, this isn't the skills, they what they need in life, then I send them away. You know, you need to go get a basketball shooting coach or you need to go get a figure skating coach and learn how to edge. Like 
you need to go get a shooting coach. Like you spend more time rowing or swimmers, right? Like your technique's not good. Like you should be getting extra time with your, your swimming coach. Like you're just not, especially in developmental times, like you're not really needing this right now as much as you think you need it. Uh, and being truthful with people and people respect that, you know, people come in and want to come in three times a week with a, with a 12 year old. I'm like, well, how do we know the 12 year old wants it? So why don't we go once a week and we give them a home program and you don't make them do it. And let's see if they'll do it on their own. <laughs> and if they'll do it on their own and they'll do that for a couple, well, guess what? Now we've checked off some boxes. Now this kid actually has some self-discipline, some self-drive. They're motivated. They kind of want to do it now. So they've proven more of an investment from the parent, right? And from the coach. Now I'm like, okay, I'll put some more time into you. Why not? Like you want this, you know, and always evaluating. You have to always evaluate. You always have to be able to give progress to the athlete, to the parent, and to yourself as a coach. I have to know that my programming is working. And I want to know that within like four weeks. I want to know, am I on the right track or not with this kid? Mm. That, I want that's to play. how I've kind of built the whole foundation of it. That's awesome. a good point. So even about my dad, you know, I think he was probably testing me too. Uh, when he gave me you, you know, he was probably wanting to see if I was going to take ownership of it or just be like, mm-hmm. well, you made me do this, you know? And, uh, cause you, I think that's always yeah. and something he's always preached to me is, you know, this has to be your decision. So it's such a good point because otherwise you're not going to do the necessary work behind it. If, you're, if it's not your decision. It's a great I want to un- unpack that a little bit with both of you guys, and I'll start with Nick and then go back to Callan. But then I'm a dad too. As fathers, you have multiple kids. You know, what? how are you brokering, managing that reality for yourself now with your own children, making decisions to not push, push enough to recognize that sometimes they have to be pushed in order to try, but then at the same time, you don't want to do, do be overzealous around that. What's, what's, What's been your trick so far? Or are you still n- negotiating that uh, that yeah. world, so to speak? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm not figuring it out. I, I'm lucky I have a good role model in my father and just, uh, you know, living it, I guess, so to speak, with being a, a, a child of an NHL player. Um, you know, and I never, ever felt pushed in my whole life. It's so weird. Until, mm-hmm. until I made the decision that I was going to play competitive enough hockey where now it was time, you know. And I, I remember I was like 13, 14 years old where – you know, started to be on the radar for the U S national team. And, uh, and I remember my dad came to a game and I was just purely going around, going through the motions on skill, because I hate to say it at that age, you could kind of get by on that. Right. And, and, you know, I had a couple goals tonight or whatever. And I remember he berated me up and down said, if I ever have to come back and watch you not work the way you did, he goes, Nick, I'll never, uh, first of all, I won't sign you up for another team and I'll never come watch you play again. Cause I'm not going to waste my time on watching a work ethic. He had nothing. He didn't care about my goals. Didn't care about my assists. All it was was work ethic. And, and it kind of hit home. And I remember the next game, I, I dug my shoulder into a guy and went on a breakaway and I scored or whatever. And, and he just he didn't even say nice goal. He goes, I love that you dropped your shoulder and you, and you wanted it more than that guy, you know? And, uh, and it sticks with me to this day because that's the, that's the kind of, uh, parenting that I got for myself and, and, you know, never pushing me to a point where it's like, get outside and go shoot pucks. I just did it. I wanted to, you know, I, I'm, and in some days I wanted to go shoot basketball. Some days I wanted to go to the park with my friends or, um, you know, and, and I always was a student of the game. I think I was lucky because he would put me in environments and, and allow me to kind of explore. So I got to go to the rink a lot with him. Sometimes it was purely for the bubble gum. <laughs> you know, I went for that. Um, sometimes. And, and you know what the best part is? I see it in my own kids. It's unbelievable they come to the rink and they know exactly where the bubble gum is and they go right for it. And I just, a part of me just chuckles inside, you know, and they got big wads in their mouth and I want to yell at them. But I also remember being that kid, they love the Gatorade, you know, so you have to let them enjoy that. Cause it's something that it's special, you know, this is unique for them. And I was the same kid, but I think eventually I'm even seeing with my son. Now he's starting to, he's five years old. So he's getting into hockey. And now he wants to come to the rink, not for the bubble gum. Now he wants to come to the rink to get on the ice. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's like, okay, I, I want to be a hockey player. So it's been a real cool, uh, gradual buildup to that. And, I, and I've, I think I've enjoyed that. I have an older daughter and, um, you know, just watching her, she tried out playing soccer, but she's just more into it for the social side of it, you know, with, with her, with her girlfriend. So, uh, we realized that there was getting a little more serious. So, We've, we've, you know, asked her if she really does want to play. And she said, no, but she wants to do something different. I think she wants to do gymnastics. So that's great. You know, I want to, 
I think they have to come to that understanding. And we, sometimes I think we think we know better than, than they do um, even at their young age, but man, they're, they're pretty smart people. I've learned my kids and, and all kids in general. And I think sometimes you got to give them a little bit more credit and, and you know what, sometimes, yes, we, we know better as parents for sure. Um, but you know, when, when, when they want something or need something, let them come to the realization, maybe after then ah, that's not for me. And what's wrong with that? Why not try a, a million things? Look at, you know, Cal's story. He's tried so many different professions till he found the one he really loved. Uh, wh- where's the, where's the shame in that? You know, try as many things as you want. I, I, I played as, as many sports as I possibly could till I found that I really, really loved hockey the most. I love baseball almost just as much at one point. So, um, that's the way I try to parent. I don't know if it's perfect. I don't know if it's right, but it seems to be uh, trending in that direction, hopefully. And it's, uh, it's really fun just to watch it through my kids' eyes again, I'll say. That's awesome. Callan, you have any thoughts on that yourself as a dad? As a dad? Yeah. I, I'm so fortunate. I have four just incredible children. I've found a, an incredible you know, partner to share my life with. My wife has been just an amazing support structure for me to be able to kind of explore my career as demanding as it is on the family and just been such a rock in our house. And, and I have to say that, you know, we, a lot of it just comes from having an incredible partner to be able to talk to about the kids and what's going on. And, and two people that agree that it's okay to see them fail. And, you know, we've been, we've been okay with that since the beginning, you know, like we've been okay to, to have them fail at something, whether it be grades at school or whether it be in a relationship with a friend or whether it be at a craft or whether it be even coloring, you know, like when they're really little, right? Like I got kids scattered from 24 to seven, but, uh, you know, like even when they're little, like, you know, I'm like super aggressive guy. Like I have to, you know, I have to solve every problem in the world. And, you know, my wife would let them eat and them like, they're, they're making a mess. There's food all over the place, you know? And she's like, it's okay. They're learning, you know? And I've always thought, you know what? They're just learning. Like, so if they don't know how to maybe do something right or color in the lines, like it's okay. Right. Like just, just kind of let them learn and let them make mistakes and, and understand consequences, you know, mistakes and consequences or learning. Like those are, those are huge, powerful skills to have for life. And if we try to kind of, bubble wrap and shape and kind of make these environments perfect for them. You know, we're not, they're not building any coping skills whatsoever. And, and the world's not, it, it's going to just chew you up. You're going to have to run home all the time. Uh, and once you get out there, you can't run home. <laughs> you <No>. can't. <laughs> so, you know, I've just been so blessed to be able to, that and learning from things that, you know, I did wrong. Right. And picking coachable moments, pitching coachable moments is another big skill to like, you know, I, you can, I can share something with our middle son, you know, 15 times a day for a month. He will not hear it one time. And, <laughs> you know, there'll be a moment, maybe when he can, and Nick and I, we share dad stories all the time. So this is funny for the two of us. Yeah. So, like, and then he might come inside and he's crying because something happened on the street with him and his buddies. They were playing basketball and I can, I'll see it. I'll see like, holy geez, he's, there's a coachable moment and I'll take a, I'll bring a story and I'll thread it into the scenario because he's ready to listen. You know, you, you also have to pick your moments to teach kids too. Like, you know, they're there to challenge us as much as, you know, we're there to challenge them. Like it's, it's a mutual relationship, right? Like every single one of our children that's been born, I have exponentially become a better person. <laughs> and, and that's because of those kids. You know, I have a lot to thank for them to developing patience and, you know, understanding and personality and myself to develop and professionalism. Like I got another mouth here to feed. Like I got to push myself harder. Um, so it, it's such a, it's such a real, uh, a thing that you have to be so aware of and so grateful of all the time. And you just, you have to be eyes wide open to, you know, coachable moments and letting them have mistakes. 
Beautiful perspective. Well, I know Nick doesn't know this is coming at him because he doesn't probably hasn't listened to the podcast, but I know uh, you have, Cal. And so I do this thing where I have a book called The Day You Were Born. And basically I take the day you were, it was written by an astrologist, numerologist out of New York City named Linda Joyce, who I interviewed. And this I discovered my purpose in this book. It just kind of floored me when I read it. So I'm going to read both of your guys' purposes. So you, Callan, are an Aries 4. And your purpose is to be secure enough with your individuality that you can position yourself between two points of view and not lose sight of your truth, to manifest that truth in a world divided by conflict, a world that offers you both support and open hostility. The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. George Bernard Shaw. The Aries Four is different and everyone knows it. In fact, they are catalysts. People affect the lives of others in a profound way. Their energy is explosive. The Aries Four needs to remember that self-control comes from inner discipline. If they can't confront uh, what really is bothering them, anger and frustration will build and it won't take much to set them off. Their challenge is to keep a clear, clean inner house so they don't explode at the wrong time, at the wrong person or the wrong issue. They are attracted to tension, dispute and the feeling of being pulled apart. The tug of war between two worlds, two religions, two strong people gets them going. The Aries 4 needs to learn to live in someone's world but not to lose sight of their own. Friends are important to them and are from all different walks of life. Eclectic in the way they dress, their love of change often prevents commitments or stability. Living on the earth plane is a challenge. They're innovators, rebels, and geniuses and instigators. They move suddenly and their reaction time is remarkable, but they are also accident prone, driven and inspired others of trouble keeping with their pace. They are un undercover and demanding maximum attention until they learn to accept themselves. Identity can be a crisis. And that's uh, pretty much. That's pretty cool. I've been I've been wearing the same bucket hat for twenty years. Talk about eclectic clothes. <laughs> I literally thought of your style right away. I was like, that is actually bang on for your style. <laughs> oh man, you're bringing it back, Cal. You're bringing back the bucket hat. I love it. <laughs> and here's Nick. You're a Scorpio four, sir. Halloween guy. Yeah. Um, to learn to use your strong. So your purpose is to learn to use your strong sense of individualism to unite rather than keep you isolated and alone. Change your thoughts and you change your world. Norman Vincent Peale. The Scorpio four loves tension, change and crisis. Fours have a strong need for excitement and a desire for unity. They are catalysts in the lives of others and their own world world goes through many changes. They take things to a limit and then rise miraculously a new point of view is achieved they make great negotiators in intense and powerful situations they need to be put on the edge danger is an attraction in a, in a relationship this can be d- disaster scorpio 4 is restless and needs someone who can relate to them and they constantly as they constantly evolve they are great diplomats able to see what diverse people have in common if their spiritual side is missing they may find themselves on the outside looking in they need to guard against becoming isolated and alone solitude is good if it puts them in touch with their inner nature it's not good if it keeps them eating dinner with the evening news to bring themselves into a mainstream of life requires they access their desire to help those who need support that's really cool wow that's unbelievable <laughs> that is wow that's pretty cool. chill. a little piece of both of you you're both catalysts yeah. so this brings yeah. me to uh to you you guys you know i i got to connect to you because of the project you guys are doing and um you know i wanted to give you some space to just t- talk about the mission in the project so rep performance as i understand it is a software that you guys have created in order to help people test and train young athletes it's really to serve as a support system for coaches and teachers and to help them be able to at a young development level provide really good construct programming to to kids so Tell me about about it, Callan, and then maybe Nick, why you're involved in this and why it means something to you as well. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it's been uh, as you excel through the ranks and you see the demographical restraints on kids to excel in in athletics. If we were to take that vertical, 
um, it just started to become just like so frustrating, you know, that, you know, every, every youth doesn't have the opportunity to, to have access to professional coaching to develop and now and going through high school, you start looking at the skills that they're getting in high school and started getting, am I, I thought maybe I lost my internet connection. Sorry guys. Uh, we got you. Okay. And understand the power of just physical development and how it changes your character or how it impacts your character and can accelerate who you are as a person. And seeing that these skills were not being applied in school, like our oldest son didn't graduate high school uh, knowing how to work out, you know, uh, and do some basic, you know, math, sciences and English and French and other things. Um, but that's a, it's a tool and it's a skill that I feel everyone should have access to. Um, and that's kind of where it originated and the conversations kind of kept stirring and it kept building in my brain and, I couldn't stop thinking about it and I couldn't stop to be able to give everyone access uh, to things that I see that they're just not getting access to Mm -hmm. in that developmental year. And that's, that's kind of the passion and and I'm not going to (laughs) stop until I I feel like I've made an impact across Canada and the U S and then maybe the world. Uh, I'm not going to stop until, you know, we're, we're reaching as many kids as we can reach. Mm -hmm. Well, I was really, um, you know, you guys, uh, have come on as a sponsor of the podcast and I really appreciate that very much. Um, and, and it's not, it is a partial reason why we're talking today, but a, a, a very small reason why we're talking, we're really talking because I, I admired when I, when I first met you, your desire to, to, you know, serve this purpose and to, um, support this niche. And also just the, the conversation we had about your relationship with Nick and Nick's desire to, be involved in this project. So Nick, why, you know, why would you get involved in something like this um, rather than just going about your business as a NHL hockey player, which could, you could easily do, I guess, and not, not get too stressed about something like this. Yeah. um, Well, first I think I'm living proof of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I, on a human side, not even on an athlete side, I think that's what uh, is so needed. I think it hits people on so many different levels. You know, and, um, you know, going through it, I had no idea. I'll be honest with you. I, my head was down and we were going, I think Cal had an idea in the back of his head, obviously of what he was doing. This was his machine. Um, but for me, it was like, I, I Cal laughed, but I even told Cal, I'm like, we don't share this with anybody like this. Uh, this is my edge on people, right? Like this don't, you can't, you can't train. Like my brother is the only, my, my brother is the only one that's allowed to do this because this is, this is what's giving me an edge. Every time I step on the ice, I feel like I'm better prepared you know, it was just that, that was nobody in the NHL knows what I'm doing. Right. Um, but then as you get older and you have kids, <laughs> the wisdom comes. And, and I think for me, um, seeing this and seeing what Caleb built, I realized how beneficial it was to a world that I've gone through. I've, I've played with those people, uh, whether it's in other sports or in hockey that have fizzled out or haven't had the, you know, you saw a guy that was just raw talent, uh, um, just, couldn't put it all together or that had it all, but didn't have the mental side, didn't have the understanding, didn't have that process. And, and so I was like, wow, you know, and I think just being a selfless person probably passed down from my mother and, and going through life experiences where you've had to lean on other people. This, this is, this is going to help so many people. And this is more about that than anything else. And I think that's what I was so proud of to be involved in. It's that kids deserve this. You know, mm-hmm. I think there is a lack of, of, um, an opportunity for, for kids, uh, you know, growing up and, and having, uh, if I didn't have, if I wouldn't have met Cal, if I wouldn't have been in sports, uh, I don't know if I would have been introduced to this lifestyle, this healthy lifestyle. And I think that's why it lines up so well with you and Scott and you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to leave the world a better place. I think that's what we all try to do. And I know that's an overused cliche word or phrase, but you really are. And you, and you really understand it as you get older, that these are the ways you do it. You know, every kid should have access to understanding themselves on a physical level, which I think will in turn create a more powerful and, uh, you know, and healthier mental child as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where we realize this can really help people. We've seen it. I, I'm living proof that I, I, I know I'm a better, healthier person having gone through this, this, uh, you know, this lifestyle change. And, 
Um, and it's, it's simple. It's easy to use. And, uh, and so I'm just so excited because I think we've tweaked it. Cal's tweaked it. I know this is, you know, this is more on him in that regard. He's obviously doing the day-to-day stuff, but to be able to kind of flip it around and support him and, and what we're trying to do together. Um, I think it's really felt really neat to, to, you know, obviously Cal gets some satisfaction out of, out of what I do in my, on the ice, right. He knows that he's a big part of what I'm doing on the ice, but you know, this is us together. Now we can do something where we're going to make a big difference for hopefully a lot of people when they realize how important this is for them. And, uh, I couldn't uh, wait to jump on that opportunity with him and, and really do this arm in arm together. Like we have been and uh, for a whole different uh, set of reasons. Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, a wonderful message that both of you bring because, you know, I can say in m- in my career time the the escalation of the knowledge paradigm of what it takes to do this stuff has changed so exponentially over the last thirty years that really now the the difference between quote unquote the haves and the have nots is is too too far beyond. Like hockey's become sort of a sport that maybe somebody with a less less money less less disposable income can actually sort of invest themselves in and what i love about this is that you're trying to sort of bridge that gap in that space for somebody who maybe can't can't get full-time training with a performance coach that maybe you had access to when you were younger because it was a different paradigm and different situation so so you know kudos to you guys for creating this because i think it's gonna it's gonna make a big difference for a lot of young people who need that education now and need to so that they're not so behind the eight ball when their opportunity comes you know absolutely thank you thanks very much i think too and i i mean not to but i think also they get to learn at their own you know, time, you know, mm-hmm. they get to understand it and go through that where you're not, sometimes you're rushed into a group and you just get caught up and uh, there's just too many people. You need that one-on-one, you need that understanding of who you are before you can go. And I think this is what that allows. It allows you a little bit more time to understand yourself uh, physically. And, and then, you know, then you can, you can go out and kind of specialize what it is you want to do. So it's, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, good on you guys. So, I'm going to sort of wrap this puppy up by just um, I'm going to ask Callan um, what he what's the one character trait he most admires in you, Nick, and then the vice versa. Without getting too cheesy, but a nice finish for this thing. So, Callan, your one character trait you most admire. One character trait I uh, his heart. He he is the most compassionate most beautiful human being I've I've ever met in my life and to have a teammate that's what makes him the incredible player that he is today because in the in the heat of the moment when he's battling in a scenario against someone who's not on his team you know he's not gonna he's gonna approach that scenario it's gonna sound weird but the same way we'd approach it with his own teammate like he's gonna go full out as hard as he can to bring his best and and as soon as that moment's gone there's nothing in the world he wants than for that other person to succeed as much as possible. And he's a true, he, that, that type of, you know, like heart, you know, you just don't, that's my, my view of heart, you know, is yeah, he's, you got heart cause you want it, but he wants it for everyone. And, mm. and that's just a beautiful, beautiful trait. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm, <just like> crying. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to tell yours. Um, well, I have to go get water. I have to get a glass of water. You want me to leave? <laughs> oh man. I, I just, you know, I think what, what I admire most about Cal is his character is that he is, um, man, there's so many. I, I was trying to think of one. I can't narrow it down. Cal. Um, I think you're the most selfless person I think I've ever met, you know? And I, I say that because, you know, you, you are always looking for ways to make other people better. And I think in turn, that's how you, you know, you become better yourself, but it's always about other people. It's always about, you know, empowering everybody around you. And it's, I think it's the reason why it's infectious and it's the reason why, you know, you've, you've, you've done so much already and will continue to do. And I think this, what you've created, what we've created together is, is a, is a huge part of that. You know, you you're always looking to to try and make things better for people. And, uh, and I think that's such an admirable trait. It's something that I, I love coming to you with because 
I, I'm not even for myself. You know, I don't, I don't feel like it, it's something that selfishly I need. It's just, I love being around people like that, that, that know there's things bigger than them, you know? And I think that's why we work so well together. Uh, there's a, there's a deeper meaning to all this. And, uh, you know, I think that is something that is just so beautiful to see in your family, uh, and, and everything you've built. I mean, the people that you've touched and, and the way you've kind of, uh, built yourself in the, in the, in our community, especially, um, you're one of the most respected people I know. And that's, that's an unbelievable thing to do, but it's all, all the way that you've, you've empowered others. And, uh, you know, I love you for that. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this will all take us. Awesome way to finish guys. A nice, uh, you know, it's very evident that the two of you, uh, enjoy each other's company and, uh, typical of hockey probably do a lot of, uh, chirping at each other over time. Oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh my God. We're going to have to get in a we're gonna to have to get in a bunch of chirps after this, just to just to balance all the good things. We <laughs> yeah, said. this is not nice gonna last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hockey, hockey guys can't let this nice stuff go no, for too long. No, for sure. We <laughs> well, I just want, it, Scott. Yeah, I want to let the people know uh, out there who are listening um, that you guys have created this um, rep performance software. Uh, if the people want to check it out, it's on repperformance.com. Um, anything else you want to leave the listener with in case they want to get a hold of uh, you guys, Cal? And, and look into what you're doing? Um, they could just reach out to us through the website. There's a, uh, an info box on the website. Just If you have questions about the platform, uh, how it works, or you, you know a bunch of places where it could be deployed, uh, especially through your uh, listener group, Scott. You, you, got a, you got an amazing listener group of powerful uh, coaches that are influencers across the country. And, I mean, that's kind of why we teamed up with you is we wanted to kind of you get those co- coaches that have those voices in the around, you know, to start spreading the word and, you know, helping us get this out there to those, you know, minor sports leagues or high schools in their areas where it could just really be a huge impact. Um, so just, just help us spread the word and share a story and want to reach out to us, reach out to us. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time, guys. It was really nice to meet you, Nick. I uh, heard lots of good yeah, things same. about you and your career, and good luck with uh, next season hitting the 1,000. And, uh, Callan, uh, great to meet you and and spend some time with you. And uh, I'm sure this is uh, our relationship hopefully will be uh, one for uh, long term that we can um, help each other thrive. Absolutely. Keep up the great work, Scott. For sure. Appreciate all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. Enjoy the rest Thank of your you. day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today on Leave Your Mark. I hope we've left a mark on you today, and we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story, taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast. Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de Saint-Rome.